This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are dedicating the next 15 minutes or so to all 76ers basketball. And nice enough to join us on the line uh, a little under, a little over 48 hours away uh, from game one of their quarterfinals matchup against the Boston Celtics. He covers the Philadelphia 76ers for NBC Sports Philadelphia. His name is Paul Hudrick. What's up, Paul? How are you, man? Uh, I'm okay. Um, I Sadly, uh, a lot of the conversations that I've had uh, on the air this afternoon from not comments for myself, but a lot of the callers haven't been more on the positive side. Uh, so I'm curious to, as to where you stand. So let me, let me start with this. Um, uh, last night's uh, finale of the seeding games, the eighth and final game, I was surprised uh, that uh, Brett Brown played the starters, uh, let alone Joel Embiid, uh, and to the extent that he did well into the 20s. Are you surprised? Definitely. I mean, <laughs> I was surprised, cause especially when you look at how good they looked in the first half. I mean, it seemed like, okay, they had a really good first half. They played really good defense on James Harden. They you know, moved the ball well. They shot the ball well. They had a big lead uh, against a pretty good basketball team. So, hey, let's just, you know, shut it down, put everyone in bubble wrap for the for game one. But they didn't do it that way. And, you know, at first it, it seemed a little bit shaky to me when you consider how poorly they came out in the third quarter. They closed it on a high note. But, yeah, I mean, certainly I, I was definitely surprised that we saw the starters play as much as they did. Um, I think they're, you know, I, I guess in the grand scheme you can see the benefit when you see – you know, guys like Tobias Harris and Al Horford and how they played and how good they looked. I guess you can see the benefit, but, yeah, I was, I was certainly surprised by how much they played. Um, so they've played now. I mean, they finished their eight seeding games to wrap up the regular season. They went four and four. Um, I, I guess, how would you grade what you saw? I mean, what, I mean, are they exactly what you thought? I mean, what did you see in those eight games that uh, your opinion after that? It's so tough because, I mean, first you got the, the obvious, the injury to Ben Simmons, that complicated a lot of things because, you know, we, we were supposed to get a look at the, the new looks three five with Ben Simmons at the four, Shake Milton at the one, and how that was all supposed to work. And, you know, three games in, that kind of got, you know, shot down. And then, you know, Joel Embiid kind of being in and out of the lineup with his health. So, I mean, to put a, a grade on the overall team is really tough. I will say that I saw encouraging things from a lot of guys, you know, I, Joel Embiid is, you know, the injuries were definitely concerning. I mean, I'm still worried about, you know, the ankle and the hands and all that. I still worry about that going into game one. But, you know, when you saw the way he dealt with double teams early on in the bubble, I was really encouraged by that. And then, you know, Tobias Harris overall, I think, has looked has looked really good uh, in Disney World. I thought he was probably their most – I mean, I guess, it's you know, that's not surprising considering how durable and consistent he's been all season. I thought he was kind of their most consistent, durable player throughout Disney World. And – I thought he kind of took his game up another level. And I think, you know, when you look at Al Horford, I, I was really encouraged by what I saw from Al Horford. I thought, you know, this is a guy that a lot of people have written off, and I get it because I, I'm not so sure 
is a great fit overall on this team going forward. And I think what he's proven in the time of Disney World is that he can still play basketball. He's still a pretty good player. And so, you know, as far as the grade, it's really tough for him to give him anything. But I would say considering everything that went on, there were definitely some positives I saw uh, from the team throughout. Well, I wanted to ask you about uh, just a handful of players. Let's start with Embiid, who – uh, obviously played last night. He, there were a couple moments where you saw him shaking that hand just to, I guess it was nagging him a little bit, the game that he, the hand that he had x-rayed and sat out. Um, he, when he returned to the court for the first time in that bubble in a game of meaning, he looked outstanding as, uh, his, as Brett would say, his fitness base seemed to be there. He had that cardiovascular working very well. Um, I, I, I guess going into this series against Boston, what is your level of concern that he can stay healthy for? I guess we'll start with just the series. Yeah, it's got to be high. I mean, it's just because of what we've seen the last couple of seasons. I mean, each of the last two seasons, he's gone into the playoffs not being at 100% health. And here we are, another offseason. And I guess you would say, you know, not as severe as the last two offseasons, but still a question of health. I do agree with Brett Brown in the sense that I do think you know, from a fitness perspective, I think he came into this thing in really good shape. I really do. And like I said early on, I saw some really encouraging signs, most notably, again, the way he handled double teams and, you know, either passing out of them or making quick decisions. I was really encouraged by that. But, yeah, of course, I mean, because let's be real, John, if they have any chance against the Celtics, Joel Embiid has to be, like, otherworldly. Like, he has to be the guy that we kind of all view him to be at his – at his optimum, like that guy, he needs to be that guy for multiple games, perhaps the entire series, for them to even have a chance. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I have big time concerns over whether he is healthy and can go through the entire series against the Celtics. Uh, talking to Paul Hudrick, who covers the Philadelphia 76ers, does a great job doing it. Paul, um, you mentioned uh, a few moments ago about Tobias Harris and how he's been the best player in the bubble for the Sixers. I have spoken at length numerous times how, in terms of media relations, he's great because he's always available, he's always honest, he's a pro through and through. He wants to be a leader on this team in the worst way. He's putting up the the statistics of a leader. My only concern going into this, based on his track record, crunch time, closing minutes of a game, one-possession game, I need him to come through and make those shots as opposed to clanging them. Is that a concern of yours? I mean, I guess it, it, overall, Tobias Harris in the playoffs, yeah. I mean, and, and to, to what you just spoke on, John, like as far as a guy who has been, I mean, an A-plus off the court, you know what I mean? In every mm-hmm. capacity, Tobias Harris has been that. And I think he's been great for the team from that aspect. And I think it's fair to have a little bit concern when you look at him and his playoff, because he doesn't have a really a, a long playoff track record. I mean, before he got here, I think he had one series with the Pistons where they were four out, like they were done. They got swept right away. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to worry that, you know, to have a little concern that Tobias Harris maybe isn't the guy, you know, that can get you through a series like that. And I think this is going to be big for him to show that he can do that. And especially now with Ben Simmons out, I mean, this is kind of, this is a big series for him in a lot of respects. And, you know, if if the way he has played throughout the bubble is an indication then, again, I'm feeling more optimistic than I am pessimistic on him because I think he just looks more confident. He's, you know, he's shooting the ball when the shots are open. He's making the right plays, you know, passing the basketball. He's making quicker decisions, more confident decisions. So, 
I'm encouraged, but yeah, we're going to have to see it in a playoff series before we can fully buy into it. Uh, one uh, positive that I certainly took out of the bubble that I didn't necessarily see coming to this extent, uh, I, I expected um, uh, Shake Milton to struggle at times. He's very limited experience, so you, you, you know the results you might expect uh, from a guy with limited experience being put in that situation. What I didn't fully see is the impact that Alec Burks would have. Uh, when he was acquired from from Golden State, I'm like, all right, well, he might be something, but who knows? But I never thought he'd be sixth man material. Uh, surprised by what you're seeing out of him? Yes and no. Uh, I mean, when they first made the move, I loved it because I, I love his game and I love what he brings to this team as far as, you know, this team doesn't have as talented as they are and, you know, as many big bodies as they have and big contracts they have. They don't have a guy who just, can create his own shot, can take people off the dribble, can, you know, score, you know, score in bunches and, and get to the line as well. And Alec Burks checks a lot of those boxes and they just don't, they never, they haven't had that guy. Uh, definitely not this season. Um, and so they needed that kind of player. And Brett Brown even said it to us last night. He said, every team needs a guy like this. Mm-hmm. And so I, I am, I'm mildly surprised that it has come at the elite and consistent level. It has come at Disney world because he's been excellent. I think, you know, he had three straight 20-point games before last night where his minutes were cut a little bit. He shot well over 50% in the bubble from three-point range. So, no, I did not expect quite to that level he would perform. But I'm not surprised that he is showing his value as far as, you know, a guy who can provide something that really, quite frankly, no one else on this team can provide. So it's a pleasant surprise to be sure. But I, I, I'm not surprised because I think Alec Burks, you know, he's always shown this skill level and this ability and for the Sixers, it's going to be, you know, it's huge that, that he has provided it in such a, again, an elite and a consistent level throughout. All right, Paul, I have two more questions for you. One might be more important than the other. Uh, the first one, it's prediction time. Paul Hudrick, who covers the Philadelphia 76ers, has for multiple years now, knows the players, knows the coach, knows the front office. How does their series against Boston play out in your mind? I have a hard time seeing them beating the Boston Celtics without Ben Simmons in a series. And I say that because of how good Ben – say whatever you want about Ben Simmons. You know, he doesn't shoot the way you want him to shoot, all that. And, you know, he's got his, his offensive limitations. But defensively, the job he did on Jason – you can go back and look. His job and the, what he did on Jason Tatum throughout this season mm-hmm. was exemplary. And Jason Tatum has taken his game to another level. So to not have him to be able to go toe-to-toe with Tatum for an entire series, it's troubling to me. I mean, that's what concerns me. And, then, you know, and I think Al Horford, who seems to be the guy who's in line for that matchup, will do okay. But I don't think he'll do what Ben Simmons could have done. And then, you know, even down the line, so now, you know, Jason Richardson, I would assume, is guarding Kemba Walker. So Shake Milton's got to guard somebody, and I would presume it would be Gordon Hayward, and that's not a great matchup for the Sixers. Yeah. It just, quite frankly, isn't. Um, you know, I expect Joel Embiid, you know, I, I think he'll do really well because Boston doesn't have the big body to compete with him, and, you know, they're going to have to double-team him at basically every single possession he touches the basketball. But, yeah, I, I, it, it, again, Joel Embiid is going to have to be otherworldly for them to win this series, and I don't know that he can do that for a, an entire playoff round. So for me, I'm, I think it's going to be Boston or six or seven. Uh, it, it just looking at it right now, that's the way I see it. 
Yeah, it's a bummer, but I mean, I I can't disagree with anything you had to say. Final question I have for you, Paul, is uh, it might be more uh, fan driven. It was fan created, or even it's probably media driven uh, driven as well by by certain members, certain facets of the media. Uh, the future of Ben Simmons as a 76er. With Ben out, there's been a lot of uh, chatter, let's, let's say chatter, about many who believe the Sixers are better off without him because, uh, you know, Embiid, uh, because of Embiid and Horford, the three of them not being able to uh, share the court together. Uh, the future of Ben Simmons, when you hear somebody say the Sixers should consider trading him, uh, what is your response to that? If you think that the Sixers should trade Ben Simmons, then I don't think you know watching when you watch basketball games because, and again, I get it. I get the limitations. I get he's not as willing to shoot as maybe some people would like. But again, for defensive purposes alone, how good the Sixers right now with him and Joel Embiid have two players that on any given year I think could be defensive player of the year candidates. How many teams in the NBA have that? Mm-hmm. So. To me, the biggest question of, you know, if you look at this offseason, right, and if it goes how we're thinking and, you know, they don't make it out of the first round against Boston, the question to me isn't, you know, should they trade one of you know one of their two superstars? It's, all right, well, what do we do around them? Because I think you have two all-stars who are 26 and 24 years old. And if your first thought is, hey, maybe we should split these guys up, then I think that's the wrong thought. I think the thought is, what do we do to make make – to optimize their skill sets and to optimize everything around them. And I think, quite frankly, the, the what they have right now isn't doing that. When you look at Al Horford and, you know, those three together, just I don't think that works, uh, you know, over a long stretch offensively. So, you know, my thing is uh, I think you've got to keep both guys and figure out a way to make the roster work around them because I think trading a 26-year-old and 24, 24-year-old all-star is not the way to do it. You're not going to get proper value. And I think that's just the wrong way to go about it. His name is Paul Hudrick. He's done an amazing job covering the Philadelphia 76ers for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, For those who don't know, Paul's tenure at NBC Sports uh, will come to a close at the conclusion of the 76ers season. There's so many outlets in this area and beyond. If you're looking for a great NBA writer with great insight, who's been in locker rooms, who knows players, front office members, I highly suggest you contact Paul. If you want all the latest Sixers news, Follow him on Twitter at Paul Hudrick. Paul, thanks, man. You are too kind, John. Thank you so much, man. All right, I'll talk to you later, Paul. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.